is a very well-known section of scripture in the sense that people have heard of this often. And you hear the term, washing the disciples' feet. Verses 1 through 7, and I am going to break it at a strange spot. Bear with me. (laughs) Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them completely or to the end. And supper being ended, and by the way, that translation really could much better be translated during the supper. The devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. It means he wrapped himself, you know, with the towel. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel which we had girded. And he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? And Jesus answered and said to him, What I do now, you do not understand. What I do, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Yeah, Jesus knew. Jesus knew. It said it several times here. Not everybody knows what they should know. Uh, I've told the story, but many of you weren't here. Maybe you'll say I was lucky that I wasn't. But the story of the rabbi who his disciples, Jewish rabbi and his disciples, his, uh, were just so enthralled with him and yet, and so learning from him, but he was fading and he was dying. And they knew it and they said, Rabbi, you need to give us the key to life. You need to give us the key to life. You've taught us so many things. And the rabbi says, all right, life is like a river. And then he faded into a coma. Life is like a river. Rabbi, rabbi, what does he mean? Life is like a river. It ebbs, it flows. You know, it's got rough spots. It's got calm pools. It's, uh, it breeds life. I mean, and they're pacing the room and they're racking their brains. They're their, their, their um, beloved rabbi has left them with these words, but they're not able to comprehend what the meaning is and what he's saying. And yet, just a few days later, he kind of comes out just for a moment out of his coma, and he turns his head, and they look, Rabbi, Rabbi, quickly, just before you faded, you said, you said to us the meaning of life. Life is like a river. Life is like a river. But what does it mean? What does it mean? And the rabbi said, all right. So maybe life isn't like a river. And then he <laughs> died. Not, every, not to pick on rabbis. Uh, not everybody knows everything as they should. But Jesus knew why he came, what he must do. Jesus knew the Father's love for him. He knew the Father's love for us, and of course his own. He and the Father are one, and he loved his own completely. And he knew that he had a betrayer, and rather than that betrayer would stop Jesus' purpose, Jesus knew that betrayal would actually aid his purpose. He knew all things were given into his hand, we're told. And how long had he waited for this moment? You know, in another chapter in Luke, during the Last Supper, Jesus is quoted as saying, with fervent desire. That means like, ah, with a burning in my belly. 
I have desired to eat this Passover meal with you before I suffer. How long had he waited? Well, I mean, he's the eternal God, but yet on a human viewpoint, you remember back when he was 12 years old and he had gone to Jerusalem for the high holidays and for Passover, excuse me, and and his parents lost him, if you will. That's a tough one. We lost the Son of God. Uh, what are we going to do? How do we face God now? They come back, and, and they find him in the temple courts interacting with the rabbis. You know, life is like a river. <laughs> or something different than that. Explaining to them things. And, son, don't you know we've been looking all over for you? He said, did you not know? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? You know, he knew. He knew he came from God, and he knew he was going back to God. And because of that, Jesus, well, for so many reasons, he's Jesus. His use of time and energy, his resolve, his resolve to endure things and his ability to overcome and willingness to fight through and overcome whatever it was that he was going to face from what he knew, because he knew his destiny, he knew his purpose. How about you? How about you? How about us? Well, Rick, are you going to go off on this again? Like, uh, you know, isn't there a difference between us and Jesus? I mean, I'm not Jesus. You're right, you're not Jesus, and neither am I. That's correct. But what does it mean to be born again? What does it mean to be born of the Spirit? What does it mean to be a new creation in Christ? Do you know where you came from? Do you know that you came from God? Even before you were, if you are born again, a Christian, you were, you came from God. Because all things were made by him. Without him was not anything that made, made that was made. And in fact, we were created by God, and we understand that. And then in Psalm 139, David prays a prayer that is not just uh, unique to himself. It's about any human my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skill, skillfully wrought in the lower parts of the earth. Doesn't mean he didn't understand about childbirth and about a reproduction. He's using an image of in God's mind and in God's creative power, he was created. And your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they are all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there was none of them. And of course, this does speak to the issue of abortion, as many things do is that life is created by God and begins with God. But the issue before us today in this is, do you know where you came from? Did you know that you came from God? God made you for himself. That should affect us. God made you for himself. You belong to him. You were made by him. There's no apology to be offered there. There's no apology from God that he made you. He made you, and he loves you. And what is your destiny? Where are you going? Do you know that God made you? Do you know that you're his? Do you know that he made you for himself? See, you'll struggle much with faith and how to live life and get the most out of it, frankly. Not... not, not well, no, Christianity and following God and following his order of life will, will restrict me and keep me. No, the one who made you sent instructions. He knows what makes you tick. And you'll never be truly fulfilled 
if you're not in his will, letting him lead you and guide you? Is it a struggle to find it? Sure. (laughs) Do we struggle sometimes? Of course. But listen, you exist for him. He doesn't exist for you. It's a really bad theology, and it doesn't work in life when God is your genie. That doesn't work because he doesn't fit in a bottle. And, um, in fact, every story we've ever heard about stuff like getting wishes is people, why do they always have the person wish for a wrong thing? Why? Because that's what people do. Because people think they know what they want until they think they know what they need. And we don't always know. We just think we do. And every time they have some kind of make a wish or make three wishes or all the movies, all the books, and all, the person always does something that messes up, don't they? See, that's okay, but if we say it as the church, we're just being judgmental. <laughs> no, we're saying, I'm just like everybody else. I'm glad he hasn't left it all to me. He hasn't left it all to you. He loves you too much for that. But finding his will, finding his way, what is your destiny? Do you know where you came from? If you do, it'll help you know where you're going. For whom he did foreknow, Romans 8, he knew beforehand. Them he did predestinate. He planned your destiny to be conformed into the image of his son. I don't always know what to do, but I know what God wants to do in me through every situation. He wants me to be made to be like Jesus to experience Jesus. And God sees me, sees you as a finished work. You're for his glory to be with him forever. You know, Psalm 19 says, the heavens declare the glory of God. Most people enjoy going out in the wilderness or going up on a mountain and seeing the stars and enjoying nature. And why wouldn't we? It's beautiful. It's the getting in touch with creation is beautiful. But you know, those heavens, 